Now, if you want to take it to the next level and you want to be Instagram official, you know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you want to go next level, make it, make it public. If you're not getting educated about current real estate market conditions, especially if you're a real estate agent that wants to have a career and have a business, or you're in mortgages, finance, accounting, all of the above, you advise people, you need to know what's going on. This is the podcast for you, the Knowledge Brokers Podcast. I'm Tom Tool. I'm here with Byron Lazine. And this may be, I've been doing this for over two decades, the wildest seven-day stretch of my career when it comes to industry news. Byron, I don't know about you, but there's been one thing after another. It's like the right hook comes, then you get the uppercut, and then you get the below the belt shot at the end of the week. How are you feeling right now? It's been a whirlwind, especially at BAM. There's been a lot going on. We had the obviously the commission lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Zillow not only bought follow-up boss, had an earnings report. Jerome Powell gave one of his every six weeks, 50-minute press conference because they had an FOMC meeting yep. this week. You had an NAR CEO step down and a new interim CEO named a wild week. We actually had a podcast interview that I did with Tamir and Sharon in okay. San Diego at Real Rise that we were going to release this week. I said, I said, no way we can release this podcast. It's going to get lost yes. in everything. It's such a great pod. Let's release it next week. Maybe when things are a little bit quieter, uh, Lisa's not joining us today because she's spending time with her agents in a meeting talking about the class action lawsuit and the verdict that came down in Kansas City, Missouri on that particular lawsuit and the future lawsuits. Mm -hmm. I talked, I spoke to my agents on Wednesday. We had our monthly meeting up in Connecticut with my team agents. We had a closed door meeting around that and other things in our business because it's not just that. I know you've spoken to your agents. Ours was yesterday. I mean, it, it's, yours was, this is yours what leaders have to do. And, and not, not to cut, I mean, this is what, if you're a real estate team leader, and you haven't addressed this in person with your people, That's you better exactly it. stop listening to this right now and go schedule this meeting immediately. Tom, there's so many agents across the country, their manager hasn't broached the subject. They haven't addressed the verdict last week, or they've done it in an email. Hey, uh, this verdict came down, more to come. They'll appeal it, more to come. I mean, if, if that's the message you're getting from your leader right now, about this moment in time, it could be, I, you know, I'll leave the, you know, 5% chance that they were on vacation yes. and they had to send you a slack or, you know, there's something else going on locally that, that kind of takes over, but there's likely a chance you need a new leader. I, I more than ever, Byron, and this is for whether you're on a team, you're an individual agent, doesn't matter. Your environment's going to matter. The big will get bigger. There is opportunity with all this news, major opportunity. We were talking every day during the COVID-19 pandemic back in 2020. Very different situation. Very similar, pivotal moment in real estate. In 2008, when the market crashed, GM fails. Very different situation. Very similar, pivotal moment in real estate. And back when I was a rookie in 2001, we had the 9-11 attacks, right? That crippled the market. Same kind of pivotal moment. And if you are not in an environment 
where your leadership, whoever that is, is addressing this head on, you may not have the playbook to win in the new market conditions that we're going to see. The very first phone call I had on Wednesday morning, day after Halloween, very first conversation, the person on the other line asked me if I read the Wall Street Journal and I knew what was happening in real estate. You can't make this stuff up. So if agents think consumers aren't following this, I've got news for you. This was, this was conversation number one. Literally the next day, this all dropped like Halloween night, you know, I mean, all sorts of things happening. You've got to be ready for this stuff. I haven't been able to verify it, but um, New York Times wrote an article. I, well, I, you can verify that. Anybody can verify that. What I'm about to say, I haven't been able to verify mm -hmm. yet. Vanessa's working on it uh, to see if, if this is actually the case. But it's, it's top 10% if it's not number one. We were told that this New York Times article covering the verdict in Kansas City was the number one commented article for New York Times on the year. And the comments were a whole bunch of people bashing real estate professionals. So not only are they following it, they have an opinion on it, mm -hmm. many in the public. Now that there's many in the public that have the opposite, we know how comment sections work. Okay. And so a lot of people that have a great experience with a real estate professional might not spend the time to leave a comment because they're a professional themselves and they're busy and they're like doing important things in the world. Uh, you might have some basement dwellers leaving these comments, but the point is you have opinions on this and it's not only on real estate media headlines any longer. Mm -hmm. It was New York times. It was wall street journal. It was Fox news. Yep. It was CNN. It was CNBC. I saw it everywhere. It was it was throughout the country. Uh, anybody, it'd be hard to miss if you follow any news outlet. For sure, a, a good friend of ours, mutual friend. I'll, I'll leave this person's name out of it. Got a text message from a client that said, "Hey, you owe me money. Ha ha ha. Hope all was well. Saw the lawsuit. This is real life stuff that that's happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had the I had the call. You're verifying what people are commenting on. We've got plenty of anecdotal uh, instances where this is coming up. So. Leading with that, and Byron, I know you have a very clear message about this. I, I echo a lot of the same sentiments. I put some stuff out there as well and obviously talked to our team yesterday about this. I mean, fortunately, we had the team meeting scheduled because if we didn't, I would have called one and it would have been, hey, we need to get everyone's butt in the office right now and we've got to talk about this because it's that important. There's going to be things that knowledge brokers are going to need to do to survive. And I'm not nervous about this. I want to be very clear. I'm not concerned about this. I'm formulating ways to navigate this and overcome these questions consumers are going to have because one, this thing's already being appealed. We, we know that like there, there's no changes yep. that have been formatted. And I think you got to be very careful if you're a real estate agent right now, changing all of your policies without having an actual decision that's made. This could be tied up in court and for the next three to five years for all we know. I mean, look how long well, it took it, to happen to even get to, if you're, get to trial. If you're a Missouri agent in particular, this judge still hasn't weighed in if, you know, there's going to be material changes coming from the judge. Mm -hmm. Remember the jury, the jury comes up with, um, you know, the damages. The judge in this case could come up with material changes that they are going to uh, bring down mm -hmm. on that. It's just Missouri agents in that particular uh, 
Burnett Sitzer lawsuit. You've got Illinois coming in quarter one. Uh, you now have a national lawsuit that was launched by Michael Ketchmark, the plaintiff's attorney in mm-hmm. Missouri. He's going to ride this thing <clears throat> until it runs out of gas, till the wheels fall off, uh, till the the battery in the EV absolutely disintegrates and blows up all on his lap. He This is the biggest moment of his career, and he's going to take it to the very end. He, he's going to make the rest of his career coming after the real city uh, industry after this win he had in Kansas City. You can be certain of that. Now, he was yes. talking to – he's a local Kansas City attorney. He was talking to a local Kansas City jury with a local judge. Um, he brought up local witnesses, obviously. And then you had NAR on the other side, uh, you, you know, Chicago – DC type of people um, talking down to the jury, not talking to them, talking down to them. And when you sit back and look at the arrogance that NAR has had since 2019, which is how long they've had to prepare, because that's when this lawsuit first filed. It's not when it first became class action, but it's when it was first Mm -hmm. filed. Um, The arrogance of this is nothing. Don't worry about it. I mean, they really did a pathetic job leading agents, brokers, and team leaders through this process of how to prepare for this. And they did an even more pathetic job on their part preparing the defense because their defense was really inadequate. It didn't resonate with the everyday juror whatsoever. They didn't have one listing agent from the witnesses on the plaintiff side, one listing agent in there to say, oh yeah, I remember working with Sue Here's how our experience went. I mean, Sue just said she signed the contract. You know, nobody forced her to sign the contract. And here's how we negotiated. Nobody heard Mm -hmm. the listing agent's side. They heard Gary Keller, who I love Gary Keller. I love listening to him talk, but they heard him talk about his charitable (laughs) ambitions for 30 minutes. What's that have to do with anything? Are you tired of taking horrible courses offered by your local Realtor board or the NAR online classes? I know I am. And the fact is you don't get a lot of value from those courses. So here's the good news. BAMX, your real estate edutainment platform is here. You can find out how to master objections with me, the objection handling king, practiced and scripted for over 20 years. You can learn how to use ManyChat with the broke agent and Jill from BAM. You can Work with Lisa Chinati about managing your CRM. Understand how to use Canva for marketing. Get Instagram hacks. All this stuff is right there in BAMX. Just use the code KNOWLEDGEBROKERS. Educate yourself. Grow your business. Sell more houses. You know, I've, I've been deposed a number of times in, in real estate cases that are between consumers or you know, other things like that. I've, you know, I've, I've been, I'm, I'm actually being called to testify in another case. And the amount of prep work that goes into that it's and having clear, concise answers about the issue at hand. That's really how you handle those things. I mean, my attorneys have told me, like, you could be a professional witness the way you handle these things because you go and you talk about the facts and it's very black or white. The idea that consumers don't negotiate commissions is laughable to me. I mean, think about the amount of times you've been grinded on the commission by somebody. We're not going to pay you this. We're not going to pay you that. I've got emails documenting this stuff. I never delete any emails anymore because I've been part of a number of, of, of these things, just doing a lot of business over two decades. And it's got to resonate with the jury. Now, the, the good news about the appeal is that hopefully they, they get their act together. 
NAR to me is is a joke. Um, their only value that I find is dispute resolution because it helps consumers work some things out that'll happen. It helps agents work things out. Besides that, I mean, you look at how this has played out. All of a sudden, oh wow, Bob Goldberg resigned, but he's still getting paid. Of course, that's always the rub. He's going to be the advisor. They bring a new CEO in. I, I don't know much about this person, uh, you know, and, and they've they've already had this sexual harassment scandal that comes up, and you look at the real leadership I see here with this lawsuit, which comes from anywhere in Remax, where they said, hey, you know what? I don't like our chances here. I don't like the way this is going. They broke off and settled on their own. And you had a lot of questions about that. You mentioned, I'd love to see some leadership by NAR. They are incapable of leadership right now, given how uh, this, this has gotten out of control. I mean, it, I don't know how you undo all this. I talked to my attorney Wednesday morning. And he goes, I just can't believe they let it get this far. And this is these are these are people that have been doing this for decades. And this is what we're left with. And he, but he's still collecting his check, Byron. So, I mean, that's that's the most important thing here. Right. He's, he's getting paid. Nick Bailey, uh, Remax CEO, anywhere, uh, obviously anywhere, formerly Realogy. You have the Sotheby's brand, the Cole Banker mm -hmm. brand, the ERA brand, the Corcoran brand, amongst others. Those two companies look really smart right now. They're in the winner category with Michael Ketchmark and his big bag that he got. Uh, they're in the winner category with Zillow, um, with the major portals, because they they're close to the customer. Um, NAR, obviously, and the other franchisers are all in the loser category. And I, I saw something the other day that's interesting. I think Remax and these NA, NA, uh, Anywhere brands are going to have a unique recruiting uh, opportunity hey we're protected going forward come on over here uh we made the right move on the settlement tom obviously you're a remax franchise you may use this now it'll be interesting we should talk to lisa about this next week because lisa is obviously an independent broker yes she's she's the broker on record and um you know lisa in our chat was like trying to say, say to you and i like hey you guys really gotta you know as team leaders you you really should um be thinking about the no i don't think so at all i think the brokers are, are going to be on the hook because you represent the broker in everything and when you're the broker on record like lisa is yeah you should be a little bit you know the who's the most vulnerable here and it's why you see a lot of these independent <clears throat> brokerages getting get, you know going into other companies right now mm -hmm they are the most vulnerable because you can get wiped out pretty easily with a major lawsuit that you have to pay damages into. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen to Lisa. She, she runs a great business. She's not part of NAR, yeah. so she hasn't been part of that. Let, let's um, be very clear. I don't predict this happening, but this no, is no, no. a real concern. But this is a real concern. And when you I think you said it earlier in the pod, bigger is going to get bigger. Oh yeah, you better believe it. Bigger MLSs are going to get bigger over the next number of years as this appeal process pays out. You've already seen in the last five years consolidation on the MLS. If you're in a market where there's two or three MLSs, expect in two or three years there to be only one mm -hmm. because the MLSs haven't <laughs> been named in these lawsuits yet, but that day could be coming. So you're going to see consolidation with MLSs. You're going to see consolidation with local boards. These local boards aren't going to be, as they lose members, be able to afford to have their small little you know, portion of the state. You'll see less associations. You'll see less MLSs. 
you'll see less independent brokers. Those are going to get wrapped up and some of those into bigger brokerages, some of those for pennies on the dollar because of where the market is. Well, you think about you know, smaller businesses, and this, this goes way past real estate. And I, I had this conversation with someone I know about a smaller business. I'm not, I'm not going to go into the details very locally here. And when things get tough and lawsuits happen, one lawsuit, one settlement can literally shut the doors on these companies. And they don't, have, right. the, they don't have the funds to pay it. They, they, they can't do it. And the broker of record, right? I, I know the broker of record pretty well at our firm. He happens to be Tom Tool Jr. I've literally known him my entire life. And this was one of his things strategically is I want to be aligned with a bigger brand because it gives us some viability. Obviously, now it looks like a really smart decision based on how, you know, how, how this played out. But th those, those local businesses, those small businesses, one thing goes wrong and you can shut your doors and that's the end. And that, that's a real concern for a lot of folks. And I would also say for the agent side and something, Byron, we've been talking about nonstop since Halloween uh, on Tuesday when this came out. The agents that are, let's call them the, the, the small business agents, right? One, two, three, four deals a year. They're part-time. They're doing something else. I see them also getting wiped out as consumers get hip to what's going on. And there's a lot of changes that people who want to be successful are going to need to make to their business right now. Literally, as soon as they get done listening to this podcast, it's not, it's not because of changes in policy. It's because of, look at the consumer questions that have also been raised. I'm giving you two case studies within three days of how fast consumers are learning about this. And if someone's selling their biggest asset, they're doing their research in a lot of cases. And it, it, you're going to really have to be able to navigate this climate in terms of how your meetings are going with buyers, especially. Because when you think about this, Byron, you would never take a listing without a listing contract, right? Like you, you actually can't do it. It's impossible. You know, working yeah, like the quiet listing. Um, you, we can't get it on the MLS, which is a whole other issue. But so many people work with buyers without buyer agency agreements. And, and they... And they they get burned and they get upset. And, and I understand how that works. I think there's reasons for and against all that. That may not be something you can continue to do moving forward. So many agents assume they're working with a buyer because they've showed them a couple properties. They have this entitlement yeah. or they believe they have rights because, hey, I showed them this house and I put them on a property drip and I'm just waiting for them to hear from me because they're going to they're gonna let me know when they're serious about something. That mindset is going to cause you to lose. And you cannot approach your business that way anymore. And we've been talking about this for years anyway. This is how we do things at our team. I know you're the same way, but there's a mentality in the industry that uh, the most motivated people, they're gonna come out of the woodwork. It's not how it works. Well, here's how I think about buyer agency. And this is, um, this is a write it down moment right now because this is how you should be thinking about your buyer agency as well. Um, when we talk about the contracts, the buyer agent contracts, I agree with you. There, there comes a time in the relationship where we need to form, formulate the finality of the relationship. We need to formalize our relationship together, which is a contract, but there's a dating period. Okay. Uh, you're not going to get married on the first date more likely than then not right. And so don't expect your first meeting, whether it be a showing or even potentially the first buyer consultation for the consumer 
to get married to you. And don't expect because they've met with you two or three times and you don't have, to your point, you don't have a contract formulated that they, that you guys are official. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just because you've gone on two or three dates doesn't make you guys exclusive. It means you're just that you're dating. Yes. Okay. Now, if you want to take it to the next level and you want to be Instagram official, you know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you want to go next level, make it, make it public. You, You need to then at that point, have yourself a contract and you're going to earn the contract on those dates, on the showing, on the buyer consultation. How are you going to be winning the ability to get the contract signed on the third date? You got to have two first really good dates. You can't go and try to jump into second base on the first date because that's going to push them away. You got to be your best version of yourself. You notice that people are are dressed really good on date one. And after they've been married to somebody for 10 years, you know, they're, they're taking them to, you know, Chick-fil-A in their sweatpants. Okay. But how did you look on date one? How did you act on date one? How did, how did, were you perceived on date two? And every single day is a job interview for real estate agents. Every single opportunity to meet with a consumer is your ability to start dating them and then formalize a true working relationship in a contract. And that's how you have to think about it. I'm showing up here to interview and to wow the customer on this showing. I'm giving them a free date. I'm giving them a showing. They want to see this property. I'll give them that date. Now I've got to perform. I've got to come ready to win the day, to show them my value, to really bring an experience that they've never seen before on a showing to this showing. And that's how you should be thinking about it moving forward. You said this to me earlier in the week, and the very first mentor, I credit this guy, John Collins. I think, I don't know if you've met him or not. Um, He's still with our firm. He told me this from like day one, and I'm some 19-year-old jackass in the business, right? He goes, hey, you need to be business ready. You need to be interview ready. So I went out made sure I had a blue blazer, and I have three ties that are always on the back door of my office. And every day I would show up with a collared shirt, a pair of pants, and this blue blazer, because I one, I was in college still. I was like, why do I need all these jackets, right? But two, how you show up matters. Presenting at a higher level matters. Knowing what to say matters. And if you're not able to deliver your points of difference, your value proposition, frontwards and backwards, without any supporting documents, you're not interview ready. I've forgotten the listing package before on a listing appointment. I have my laptop in the car. So normally people use that as a crutch. I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's what I've seen, Byron. I'd love to hear your take on this. I had it down. I said, here's what we're going to do. I looked him right in the eye. I built the relationship. And then I said, here's the comps. And I pulled everything up and it was all okay. I asked him for their Wi-Fi password. I turned a potential pick six into a slam dunk touchdown on an expired listing and was able to get it signed on the spot. But that's because I put in all the work to make sure I was ready for that moment. And when, when you said every day's an interview, we talked last week about that Hermosi quote you heard at the uh, at the conference you were at in San Diego. People are watching you, and they're watching how you show up for your clients. I recently worked with someone I've known for twelve years. This person is uh, um, I, I I have a great relationship with them. See him every two weeks, and all of a sudden they're thinking about moving. So you know what I did? I sent a pre appointment video to this person, 
And the rave reviews I got, and imagine you see someone 25 times a year. It's, it's a sort of business relationship for 11 years, and you're still approaching that like an interview. That's the mindset right now. And you can't just mail it in. Your Chick-fil-A example, although I don't think there's anything wrong with going to Chick-fil-A in your sweatpants for the record, but... Well, yeah, I, mean, I do. Okay. Well, I, I actually don't. Unless you're, unless you're going through the drive through Okay, fair enough. But you get my point. Um, the, 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 the way you show up is going to matter. And if you're not ready to deliver that perfect experience every time, because I can, I can think of so many times where, like, you stub your toe in a business relationship. So, like, one thing goes wrong, and the client just loses their mind, and they're not happy with it. You gave me a wedding planner analogy. So, I don't know about you. I mean, at least... I didn't really care. I'm just happy to get married, right? The wife and the, is usually the one that wants everything to go right, everything to go perfectly. Yeah. They don't tolerate that. And if something does go wrong, they're fixing it immediately. The doctor doesn't tell you afterwards, oh, hey, you know what? I forgot to close up your third artery on the open heart surgery. My bad. It'll be okay. That's not going to fly. The pilot doesn't say, hey, you know what, guys, I forgot to uh, land, uh, put the landing gear down, and we have no wheels under the plane, so we're going to land right on the tarmac with some metal and potentially blow the plane up. Those mistakes will not work in the current market. If you're not thinking through your actions and being ready every day to do business, you might be one of the people that's along with the other 100,000 that already got out of the business this year. And, and that's the reality. The expectations are higher when things like this happen. And these are the expectations of a professional. That's one of our core values, presenting at a higher level and making sure the consumer deserves better. It's about them. It's not about per you. Perfect experiences are expected. They shouldn't be like the, you know, the once in a while. Oh, every once in a while we have a, you know, a perfect day here and I'm on my game. Every, to your point, every day a pilot's got to be on their game. Every day a wedding planner has to be on their game. You're dealing with somebody's biggest financial asset. Every day you need to be on your game. It's it's also not good enough anymore to not know the majority of the information intuitively. It's always okay when you do get confronted with something you don't know. Great question, Tom. Don't know the answer to that, but I know exactly where to find it. Don't let that be your crutch, though. Just because you know where to find the answer, it's not good enough anymore to always only know where to find the answer. You can use that full transparency in the situations that you don't know, but you need to intuitively know, need to know more. And this is where knowledge brokers, this is where you're going to shine here. Deep knowledge about the economy, deep knowledge about what Jerome Powell is doing, which we're going to get into here in a little bit, because it was a Fed week, yes. deep knowledge about your local market. You need to intuitively know it. You need to have the constant experience and action in your market. So you have relevant stories, fresh stories to tie in to that deep knowledge, to make it relatable to the everyday consumer. You've got to know this stuff, like you're saying inside and out, just, not just where to find it, and then forward an email. It's going to be too late, not enough, not impressive enough, not professional enough. If you're looking to level up your business, scale it out, be able to manage more clients, have a bigger pipeline, you're going to need a reliable CRM. And as a Boomtown user since 2016, we've got some exciting news that KV Core and Boomtown are now part of the same family. And that means they've come together, they're using all their knowledge, all their tech, and they're making an even better CRM that's going to help you scale your business, sell more houses, talk to more people, and manage your leads more efficiently. And if you're like Lisa, 
She's in her CRM every week. She's in her CRM every day. I think that's what she does in her free time. And she's constantly looking at it to make sure that the opportunities aren't slipping through the cracks. That's what a great knowledge broker does. So if you want to get your business to another level, lean into Boomtown. Visit boomtownroi.com slash knowledgebrokers for more information. Again, it's boomtownroi.com slash knowledgebrokers. I'm a boomer since 2016. It's leveled my business up tremendously. Lisa loves her CRM. Byron does too. You should do the same. Get with Boomtown. Yeah, and you know what? Most people, and we've heard this from uh, Tom Ferry a lot, right? GTS, Google that shit. It's such an obvious thing to do. And the amount of questions that come in from other agents that whether you're co-oping with them, you're working with them, and it's like, really, you just asked that question? You probably could have spent the same time finding out on yourself. You got to be the proactive person here, right? You never want to be the reactive and playing defense like NAR did here. You want to be proactive and playing offense. And if, if it, you're GTSing it, the client probably has GTS it too. So you better have a little bit more agreed. than the GTS. But, but at least like start finding answers on your own instead of relying on someone else to give them to you. Because yeah. let's be real, right? I mean, we've had challenges in our business many times before this. I mean, we've talked about them a lot. We, we you know, this is what accountability partners and friends do. Friends, and I'd say friends first here, Byron, by the way, but you get the point. So it's, you got to go out and sometimes you got to mess around with some stuff and fix it. You know, what we're doing right now, literally, uh, you know, Brian, our, our sales manager, we're talking about this this morning. Hey, what, what changes do we need to make to our buyer presentation? Are we changing the way we talk to people? One of the things I've said constantly to folks when I interview with them on the sell side is, hey, most agents have a three-point plan. They put a sign up, they put it on the internet, and they cross their fingers and hope somebody shows up. Here's what we do differently. Well, imagine if you did this. Hey, most agents, they have a three-point plan to find you a house and represent you. They're going to put you on an email drip. They're going to wait for you to call them back. And they're going to expect that they have a relationship with you instead of actually proactively going out and trying to solve your problem. Is that the kind of agent you really want? And then walk them through all the things you do differently. It's the same kind of language because I know I found houses for people that weren't what they were looking for. It wasn't on their email drip or their bright MLS search. It was somewhere else, whether it's a for sale by owner. Maybe you're going outside the spectrum of what they want because you listen to them. Maybe you know someone that's been thinking about selling six, nine, 12 months down the line and you bring that to them off market. That's what people want. And that's, I mean, I can't tell you how many times you hear about private sales the last three years. It's because buyer agents have become lazy. I mean, literally, like uh, two sales on my street sold privately where I live. One, we were working on the listing, they knew somebody. The other one, the other agent was really aggressive and the home came off the market and then they sold it to them afterwards and were able to get the seller to agree. That's wow. what it's going to take to win. I cannot stress this enough and I love where your head's at on this as well, Byron. So we got the Fed. <laughs> Jerome Powell, another great, a great week. great week for the Fed. Yeah, I, best week of the year for the Fed, I would, I would say. Yes. Um, I got some notes here. I want to get your reaction. So, um, you know, I, and I think the best reaction that we've seen is that the Fed didn't raise the the federal funds rate, right? Interest rates have yep. come down a little bit. I'm seeing seven and three eighths today in our marketplace. I don't know yeah. what you're seeing. That's a big deal. The knowledge brokers well, well, on the phone talking to their clients right now. Mortgage News Daily from seven and a half. I mean, just within the last 14 days, we were up over 8%. So we're talking about a true half a percent off the 30-year fixed, give or take somebody's personal finances, that's real. We've also seen a 10-year treasury yield, which was up over five 
for the first time since, since 2007 now, as of recording this pod, get under 4.5. This is huge. The 10-year treasury was a big topic, not only in the Q&A segment of Jerome Powell's 50-minute press conference, but it was a big subject in the two-day meeting that the FOMC had. You can't let a 10 long-term treasury yields get out of control because if they do, that could be more detrimental to the economy than the restrictive policies that the Fed has put forth by increasing the, the federal interest target rate so much so fast. And so they recognize that. Jerome Powell actually acknowledged that in some of his uh, question and answer time. Howard Schneider from Reuters uh, asked him the question, you referenced the rise in long-term bond yields. Uh, to what degree did that supplant action by the Fed at this meeting? Powell responded, I'll talk about bond yields, but I want to take a second and just sort of set the broader context in which we're looking at. So if you look at the situation, let's look at the economy first. Inflation has been coming down. So he acknowledges what we know. And when you take shelter out even better, uh, inflation has been mm -hmm. coming down, but it's still running well above our 2% target. So he's going to be sure here to remind everybody that even if they're going to ease up, they're not going to ease up in lieu of giving up the 2% target. So he's just reminding you that there. The labor market has been rebalancing. Uh, great news in the labor market today, right before we mm -hmm. recorded this pod. But it's still, still very tight by many measures. Uh, by the way, on the labor market, uh, our buddy Josh uh, Rubin in New York City put out a uh, text, uh, not a tweet, but a an Instagram text that I want to read and get your reaction to here. I don't even I know about this. On this is exciting. Josh yeah, Rubin uh, making, making the knowledge brokers here. This is this is a big day. Josh Rubin. Yeah. Uh, GDP growth has been strong, although many forecasters are forecasting and they have been forecasting that it will slow. As for a committee, they're still committed to this 2%, okay? Uh, but obviously, we're still monitoring. We're attentive to increase in longer-term yields. So they acknowledge this, and they know it's not good. It's contributed to a tightening of broader financial conditions mm -hmm. since the summer. We certainly have felt that in real estate. Uh, persistent changes in broader financial conditions have implications for the path of monetary policy. So he's telling you, yes, we're going to consider this. That tells me, and I think the way the investors and the market has responded, Tom, I'll sum it up here on the on the long-term yield, is that I I feel like with that last line, uh, it has implications for the path of monetary policy. It tells me that December is more likely now to not be an increase on the federal target rate because they don't want these longer yields, uh, longer-term yields like tenure to get out of control. This is good news and it might mean Mortgage Banker Association and others are going to turn up having an accurate projection of quarter one where we're closer to seven than closer to yep. eight in quarter one. Be great news for the home buyer in their fight against affordability. Yeah, I mean, ton of information in there. I would re-listen to everything Byron just said. You might want to rewind it and actually slow it down because you were talking so fast. And I think that's important for people to get it. My takeaways from the Fed comments that I heard were, one, you're still getting that long way to go. We've got to get inflation down commentary from Jerome Powell. I think he's doing that just so he doesn't put himself into a box and there's a prediction of what's going to happen in December. Uh, they're saying there's no thought of rate cuts right now. A lot of experts, including the uh, chairman of the Philadelphia Federal Reserve, who's a voting member, weren't higher for longer. Now, higher for longer could be seven, right? And I was incorrect earlier. I said seven and three-eighths. We're getting quoted seven and eight today. So that is an opportunity. I'd be talking to every single per now obviously that's based on credit and income and some other stuff so it's not a of course it's not a lock but you might be wanting to ask a question and 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 send out a message to your people hey i know you told me 
that you wanted rates to come down, how much lower would they need to go for you to reactivate your real estate search, right? Like that is a great question to be asking. And that's something you can use to reactivate some people. And remember, if they find a house over the weekend, there's no volatility in the market over the weekend. They can lock in the rate before Monday if they can execute a contract. So for your weekend warriors out there, Byron, I know you've been pushing this big time, living on your cell phone, being in the arena, which is what it takes right now. That's a great thing to be doing literally as soon as this pod comes out and see if you can maybe drum up a couple showings and close a couple deals before the end of the year. That's number one. Two, um, it, it looks like they, they, they came out and said they underestimated the balance sheets of small businesses and households because of the spending that's going on. And that's pretty interesting to me to hear that from the Fed. Um, it seems like they're going to be taking a slow approach here, and that's why we're not going to see any rate cuts. But I, I do agree with you. I don't think we see a rate hike in December if this keeps up. And lastly, um, you know, they, they did have that comment at the end, like, hey, don't be surprised if you see a hike in rates. I don't buy that. I think it's Jerome Powell just tempering expectations. So they can do whatever they feel is going to be necessary at the December meeting, which is what they should do, by the way. They, they should do what they feel is necessary. I don't agree with all their decisions, but you don't want to not, not take all the information into account. This, to me, is really great news. This is kind of what we've been hoping for, and I, I don't see rates coming down anytime soon, but you talked about these predictions. Most of these predictions have been dead wrong for the year. So Lance Lambert put out something on uh, his uh, Resi Club site, which I really have, have been enjoying. And right now, Fannie Mae is predicting Q1 rates, 7.1%. Mortgage Bankers Association, 6.8%. Goldman Sachs, 7.3%. If we can get into those, and then by Q2, you're seeing people 7, 6.6, 7.2. If, if this plays out that way, that could lead to a very robust spring market. But like we talked about before, Byron, the work starts in Q4, literally today, to line those people up, consult them, talk to them, put them in a position where you're the knowledge broker of choice so that you're able to work with those folks when they do become ready, because people are going to do things for their reasons, not yours. And you've really got to be mindful of that in the current climate. Yeah. Here's the betting line, Fed rate hike odds. The odds of a rate hike at the December 13th meeting fell to 19% from 29% this week. So uh, we're down to just a 20% chance that the Fed will actually do a rate hike on the December meeting, but for the January 31st meeting, odds of a rate hike um, went to, uh, they also went down to 27.5% from 39. So you now have uh, two December and Jan end of January meeting uh, where the odds, the feeling from investors are we are not going to see more likely than not a rate hike. It doesn't mean to your point that it won't be just kind of the same for longer, mm -hmm. higher for longer, stable right where we're at. A lot of the projections have second half of 2024 yes. when you're going to start to see rate cuts because it, they don't believe we're going to get close to that 2% target until early 2025. They'll start cutting right up before we get to that 2% so we don't go too far the other way. A lot can happen. The world is a funny place, right? I think between the last meeting and this meeting, we have like, you know, a scare of World War Three going. There's, there's anything can change in the world stage and certainly economically um, between all of that. But just projecting out, that's where the, the feelings from investors are right now. Good news from the Fed. So not the, the commission lawsuit, obviously, is, is something that's a little different. The Fed news is, is pretty favorable. Real quickly, Byron, before we break here. Zillow bought FUB, right? Follow-up loss. Well, hold on. Let me Go Before ahead. we get to the um, the Zillow news, I do want to um, 
Josh Rubin, a friend of ours, he's he's a big uh, producer in New York City, of course, with Douglas Elliman, um, number one uh, resale real estate broker for Douglas Elliman in, in New York City. Uh, he, he posted this. For anyone that needs to hear this, we have hit an inflection point in markets. Real estate is headed up from here. You're welcome. In the copy of that post, Josh said, Jerome Powell's remarks coupled with today's employment numbers, talking about employment was less than expected, which is good. You had unemployment go up to 3.9. Those are all good things against the fight against inflation. I know it sounds opposite, but it is good for the fight against inflation. Yes. Set the stage for markets to rip higher. That's what we've seen. He was right about this. He posted this before the markets opened today. The markets, um, as we're recording this on Friday, were ripping higher. Uh, the 10 year was down, the 30 years down. So these are all good things. Um, and so that the real estate people are waiting for the collapse to do the same after the new year, um, your window of opportunity is closing about a month from now. And so I wrote, I agree. Um, you know, we're going to hit an inflection point in real estate and it'll head up after a two month seasonal dip. You're going to experience the seasonal dip that you typically would November, December in terms of prices. So in February, March, you're going to be hearing prices down, but that's going to be reflective of what we're going through now. Certainly October was a very hard month. You're, you're going to have a hard winter. And I agree with him um, if what he's saying is what I think. The opportunities right now, because I don't think the inflection inflection point's necessary this moment, but it's in the it's in the next like three, four months. Where are you at on that? Well, I I I 100% agree with Josh. I mean, we we've been talking about this on on the pod here, and and I've I've been talking to uh, to our our team about it too because you know what, what ends up happening, and and I, I really go back to the the COVID environment, right? And we were, I mean, that was bananas what happened down here. But what I knew was that once the market actually like opened, it was going to be a rush, and there's people that were ready for it, that were doing the work and seeing the inflection point and looking for those opportunities. And there were people that weren't. And, you know, we're in a seasonal flow. New York City, Connecticut, Boston, Philadelphia, the Northeast. I mean, we, we have a very seasonal market historically. Not the past three years, but certainly the, the past 20, 25 before that, where once that spring market opens up, and, you're, and we're seeing these predictions here with rates, if they're actually right, big asterisk there, well, that's going to create a fever pitch of demand because there's so many people saying I'm waiting for rates to come down and they're not getting any actual guidance from agents because most agents aren't talking about it. Kind of the issue that we see in the industry. So if you're telling folks, Hey, I'm not like, we don't, we don't need to buy a home now. We don't need to sell your home. Now we need to be ready because there's going to be more opportunities coming to the market. We don't know when that perfect property is going to come up for you. We can't control that. We do know that there's still demand out there for home sellers. So the people without a home to with, with, with a, with a place to go to, like that's the folks that need to be acting a little sooner, and then I'm I'm really clear on because they're gonna they're gonna beat all that inventory that floods the market. Th this is only one way to go. We might have hopefully topped out at mortgage rates at that low eight range for the past couple of weeks. They come down that to seven, or they come down to six. Like I mean, and the, go ahead. The inflection point might be that this is the window of time for buyers. Yes. Okay. The next two to three months could be and barbara corcoran said it right a few weeks ago now she got the eviscerated best time. for that by the way and then now she, now she's looking really smart she got destroyed now's the best time to buy this could be the great window here inventory is ticking up 
price cuts are increasing. Okay. Uh, you have a 30 year moving down off of those highs, uh, potentially maybe as low as 7% heading into the end of the year. These are all opportunities right now to capitalize. You're ahead of the spring market rush. Demand is at its lowest in 25 plus years. These are all benefits to a buyer in the market right now. Let me give you specifics on everything Byron said, because I've got these numbers down for the very reason we talked about. You're in a conversation with somebody. I'm at a party or something over the weekend. People ask, I need to know. Price cuts, 40% of listings, according to Housing Wire, have seen price cuts this month, the month or last month, the month of October. 40%, biggest number we've seen in a long time. Month supply of inventory. If you don't know what that means, that's how long it would take for all the homes to sell if nothing else came onto the market is up over 9% locally in our market in the in the metro Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania year over year. 9% more homes. 40% of them have a price adjustment. And we just saw rates come down three quarters of a point, even more than that, over the past two weeks. Those are statistics you need to know in your market. I can't give you the data for each and every market. I can give it to you if you're in the greater Philadelphia area. That's the stuff you need to know. That's how to be not, hey, let me get back to you about the uh, inventory increase, Byron. That ain't going to cut it. You've got to know this stuff. I think you just vomited in your mouth over there. <laughs> You've got to know this stuff. And that's a compelling argument or a compelling data point to guide people to maybe reconsider making a real estate purchase. I totally agree with you. You want to be the buyer when everyone's like starting to think about it. You don't want to be competing again like it was in 2021 where it was wave everything. Here you go. You want to be doing this now. Ryan Surhan said this. I talked about it last week. You can renegotiate the rate if you can qualify. You can't renegotiate the purchase price. There you go. Tom, what do we got? Uh, just wrap up with a little bit of Zillow. Zillow and FUB, real quick. So they purchased follow-up boss. If you don't know what that is, that's one of the, I mean, Byron's a FUB user. Um, I know we know a lot of people that are. They. Uh, it's one of the real estate CRMs that are out there. As a flex partner, I can tell you Zillow's real estate CRM, it, it kind of sucks, right? It's not very functional. It shows you activity. Um, and now they've bought a CRM. Some people are freaking out. Others are, others are not. What this tells me is, and, and we, Byron, I know we've listened to these earning calls a couple times. Rich Barton has been very adamant. They want to build the super app. Well, this is a big component to that super app, having something instead of building on their own. A lot of people would say FUB's one of the premier CRMs that are out there. I'm not a FUB user. I've heard that from some other folks. You're a FUB user. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, FUB is at this moment considered best in class. It, obviously, that you can argue that. Uh, but if you just look at the price tag over half a billion dollars, they got the highest price tag ever of a real estate specific CRM. So, uh, you, you know, there, there's a number there. Yeah. Um, how do I feel about it from a FUB user perspective? Cause I've gotten a lot of questions about, Hey, follow up boss. I, I got to get off of it. Zillow owns it. No wrong move. Uh, terrible move actually. Question number one people have is Zillow stealing my data. Well, they've said no. Dan Corkle, the CEO of Follow Up Boss, is staying on. He's about as consumer centric as it gets. This guy is a, I mean, look at what he just pulled off half a billion dollars. He's staying on. He's passionate about uh, his clients and his product. But here's the other point about the data Zillow doesn't have to steal your data, they already have it. Oh, no, no. These are my clients. No, they're not. No, they're not. 
yes, maybe they are. Okay, fine. They're your clients. You don't think your clients have ever wandered over to that website called Zillow and punched in some information? Zillow has your client's information. They, they don't need to take it out of your follow-up boss account. They already have it. The only question I have is in two years, what's Zillow's um, appetite going to be for innovation with the product? Short-term, they're going to innovate like hell. They're going to pour money into follow-up boss. They're already talking and releasing information about some of the AI components mm -hmm. they're going to put into the CRM. Follow-up boss now has three, 400 more engineers to tap into all this money. The product over the next two years is going to be best in class. There's no question about it, to, you know, in my eyes. What's in two years when homes.com becomes a relevant player and they're competing with Zillow? Is, is Zillow going to be willing to integrate with homes.com? Because FUB's been open on on integration with everybody, realtor.com, homes.com. So when you have a major competitor, Zillow going to be open for that integration. And there's two ways you could think about that. No, they're not because it's a competitor, which would then hold you back a little bit as a FUB user in the future, talking two years down the road. Mm -hmm. Or yes, they're going to integrate because they want the companies, the portals data. They don't need your data of your freaking contacts, but they get homes.com's data they might be interested in that. So we'll see how that plays out, how the innovation long-term goes, but they already have your data. So short-term, don't worry about that. And then short-term, they're gonna innovate like hell. So over the next couple of years, why would you go through the struggle of switching um, when, they're gonna, when they're just gonna pour so many features into it? I, you bring up a great point at the end there. Um, and I think this goes for literally everything we talked about today. You don't wanna make rash decisions and hasty decisions. That is a bad business owner move. That the knowledge broker doesn't do that. Zillow bought FUB. You know who else they own? They own Dot Loop, right? Dot Loop. Yeah, they own I Showing mean, Time. They own Showing Time. We use Dot Loop. We use Showing Time. If Zillow's stealing the data, right? Or and, and this is this is this fear people have, and that's a fear-based mindset. I mean, first of all, it's 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 borderline illegal. I mean, I don't, I'm not a lawyer here, but I mean, you can't be going in and tapping into all this stuff. Number one, and secondly, the pain of changing systems where you're, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I got, I got how many leads you got in your CRM buyer? And we got like 64,000, right? All these property drips, all these things set up. Hey, we're going to, we're going to move this because we're worried about the boogeyman Zillow coming through. I partner with Zillow. You partner with Zillow. That is a viable lead source to make money. Now, if you're totally reliant on that, or you're running a fear-based business, you're in much more trouble than you might realize panicking over the real estate commission suit is another bad business decision. You've got to look at these things logically, see what your options are, and then make an informed business decision. That's what people should be doing. I wouldn't be freaking out about any of this news because it's not the first acquisition by Zillow and it's definitely not going to be the last. Remember when they bought Trulia and everyone? I mean, that was like, seems like it was years ago. I mean, this happens all the time. Listen, if anybody dot loops, people still love the functionality of what they're getting. Agents love functionality with dot loop. Zillow's only taken dot loop to the next level. What did compass do with contactually? People used to love contactually. Remember that CRM? It doesn't even, I don't even think it exists anymore. Maybe I think they flushed it down the toilet. Thanks to the compass it, tech innovation that exists. You don't see any um, agents outside talking about, I don't even hear the word contactually anymore. Um, maybe they a also paid a lot like less for comment. it too. They paid a lot yeah. less for it. And that, I think they paid a lot less. And so it's easier for them to like, kind of just 
you know, whatever they, maybe they got, I don't know what they got out of that acquisition, but you don't see Zillow buy things and make them worse. Showing time dot loop would be examples of that. They've only gotten better. Um, and Zillow is going to buy something else in the future that you're using now. So it's, it's just the, uh, the state of where we're at. Congratulations to Dan and the team at follow-up boss. That was an incredible number to get in this market. Um, just a, just a rumor. I don't know this for sure, but I hear it was like eight or nine times revenue. And you're seeing, you're seeing deals happen at three or four times revenue because of the state of the economy. So that speaks to how highly Zillow valued that asset follow-up boss. Uh, congratulations to the team there. So there's a lot to think about for everyone listening right now. We got uh, I, literally the, the most, the wildest week in terms of industry news of my career. And I've been doing this way too long, 21 years, right? I, I, Byron, I would imagine it's the same for you. And, and what the, the, the parting advice I have for the knowledge brokers out there that are serious about your business, get your business principles down. Treat every day like a job interview. I think we hit that pretty home. You've got to be all in right now, no question about it. And you've got to deliver a better experience because everyone's watching in light of the commission lawsuit. And whether no matter what happens with the appeals, agents will be held to a higher standard. I'm excited for it. I see a lot of opportunity for people that want to really get serious about their business. This noise is always going to come and go. I mean, Tom Ferry put something out about control the controllables. And I think that that does matter here in, in a certain sense. But you also got to know about it and be aware of it because if you're not yeah. and the consumer, if, if you're if you're a consumer's telling you about this lawsuit, you're fucked right now. I mean that it, that that you're, it's over. You might as well just turn in your license. If you're getting your if you're getting advice of ignore all this stuff and and just focus on opening doors, run from that advice. You need to know this. You need to be a full time true professional knowledge broker. Know things inside and out intuitively have a plan of action. We'll link up the 11 point plan that I put together. Um, so you can grab that. Uh, but you, you need to move forward with high knowledge and high action right now. Uh, you need to lean into this, not, not away from it. That, that, that 11 point plan you put together, great agents have been doing that for years. This is not something new. And I think that no. it, it, it's, and that, that's the thing that people forget. They think they got to innovate and come up with something brand new. Buyer agency didn't exist prior to the 1990s. Like this, this is a real thing. And I know there's still agents practicing from before the 1990s, which is mind blowing to me. This is all stuff that it takes to be successful in any business. This is not just real estate specific. And we know what the failure rate is. The people that lean in and that are doing the things and following the success that leaves clues are the ones that are going to win. The bigger getting bigger, are you in the right environment? That's the stuff you need to be asking yourself right now because we are at an inflection point in a lot of ways. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll have Lisa hopefully next week with us. She's doing the right thing. I mean, let's give her some credit. We talked about that at the very beginning. I think our, our yeah, I mean, literally leader. the three of us, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like we had this lined that's up right. and ready to go. And you know, that, that's exciting to see that happening with people that were around and we get to support. And you know, it tells me I'm in the right environment when it comes to accountability. When I see my peers and my friends doing that exact same thing. I hope you are too. Yeah. Keep getting that knowledge. See you guys next week.